In the modern era, power has garnered a really, really bad reputation. So have the people who value it and seek it. You'll hear things like, he or she is just power hungry. Power destroys. Power is always dangerous. It attracts the worst and corrupts the best. All experiments in power have a bad ending. The problem with this country is power. The root of all evil is the quest for power. Whoever has power is going to try to control people. Only the weak seek power. You only need power when you want to do something harmful, otherwise love is enough to get everything done. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the list goes on and on. The problem with power being seen as such a bad thing, with it being seen as such a wrong value to hold, and also the seeking of it being so shameful, is multifold. I'm going to explain these problems to you now. Firstly, it's not actually possible to not care about power. If you are alive, you care about power. If you are alive, you have power. If you are alive, you want power. This means you actually care about power and you're involved in power struggles, whether you can admit to it or not. Straight out the gate, if you're one of these people who says, I'm not concerned with power, or I don't care about power, that there is your strategy for gaining power. When you're in a society that has made power bad and wrong and the seeking of it so shameful, it makes you morally superior and therefore more powerful in a very covert way if you're the person who doesn't care about power. So not caring about power is in fact in and of itself a power trip. Power is energy. It is the inherent capacity to create, direct, influence, or do something so as to bring about what you want. All people desire this, regardless of whether other people are in the picture or not. But let's introduce people to the picture. When we do this, we see that because of them, we can easily find ourselves in situations where we feel incapable of creating, directing, influencing, or doing anything so as to bring about what we want. When this happens, we feel out of control, disempowered, and at the mercy of others. It's when we find ourselves in these situations that we become concerned with our power relative to other people or about having power over others so as to be able to keep ourselves safe and feeling good. What this means, though, is that the more relationally traumatized you are, the more you care about power relative to other people. And we can't even look at this and say that something has gone wrong because it's gone exactly as we would expect. If you were chronically put in situations where you felt powerless to other people, and being powerless to other people didn't benefit you, in fact it just led to you getting hurt, then it would make sense why you would be so sensitive to power dynamics, so prone to power struggles, and only find it to be a safe situation when you are in a position of either equal or greater power to the other people in your environment. Alright, so to sum up our first lesson here, all people have power, all people want power, and all people seek power. They just have some seriously creative ways of going about doing it. The second problem with power being seen as such a bad thing in and of itself, with it being a wrong value, and with it the seeking of it being so shameful, is that whenever society makes something bad, wrong, and shameful, then innately its citizens, people, begin to deny, suppress, disown, and reject it. Okay, so what happens when people actually have power want power and seek power and that's the reality of a physical human and yet society makes it so bad and wrong now it just becomes a subconscious process of seeking power and subconscious ways of seeking power become very dangerous 
What this means is we can no longer see the need for power in ourselves, we can't recognize or accept that we're doing things specifically to gain power, we enter into subconscious power struggles and do not see the manipulative strategies we're using to gain power, including gain power over others. When society makes something so bad, wrong, and shameful, we can no longer see it in ourselves without it being a threat to our self-concept. So essentially, this desire all people have for power is now an enemy of the ego, which means that we will fail to see it in ourselves because we suppress it into our subconscious mind, and now we are unaware of it being a part of our life even though it's there. This means that we have created a whole society full of people who deny their own power, deny the fact that they want power, deny the fact that they're in power struggles, deny the ways that they are going about gaining power, and have to seek power in all kinds of subconscious manipulative ways. And guess what? This makes society very, very gaslighting. It doesn't only make society very, very gaslighting, it makes society very, very dangerous. It doesn't only make society very, very dangerous, it also prevents awakening. To understand more about this in depth, you can watch my video titled Self-Concept, The Enemy of Awakening, Accept the Badness Within Yourself. So you might be asking things like, well, I don't understand how this could make the world more dangerous. Well, lots of ways, but I'm going to give you an example. Let's just look at the police force, just in the United States today. You've got some wonderful police officers. You've got some wonderful security professionals. But you've also got a group of police officers and security professionals that go into that business specifically because on a subconscious level they're power hungry and they love the power that being in that position affords them. Now if they are not aware of just how much damage or good they could do with that power, then they can very easily slip into subconscious ways of exerting that power. And we all know, especially recently, just how dangerous that can get for other people just how much abuse there can be with that power. Or for example, we might be the type of person who just loves helping people, but we might actually only love helping people because doing so gains us the moral high ground, or we know that helping people puts them in a position underneath us where they're in debt to us. Now, this is such a subconscious process that we're gonna be like, I don't really care about power over other people, I care about helping people. But really, the only reason we're helping people is because we're in a power struggle with them. We're just trying to gain the upper hand. Okay, to drill this in deeper, one of the main problems with power being seen as such a bad thing, the valuing of it so wrong, and the seeking of it so shameful, is that when we have to suppress, deny, and disown something, so we can't admit to the fact that we care about power, this creates manipulation. Manipulation is something that happens when a person cannot actually go for a need in a direct way. They have to go for it in an indirect way. Seeking power in an indirect way becomes very dangerous. Now the people who know all about this are the people who grew up in dysfunctional families. In a dysfunctional family, daily life is a chess game for power between all members of the family, in all kinds of overt and covert ways. The only way to survive in that kind of a social setting is to step up and play that chess game. This includes using inherently positive things like acts of love as a tool for personal power. For example, a parent may want a child to pick a certain profession because this would make the parent feel good. The way this parent may go about getting power in this scenario is to use the financial support that they gave their child over the course of their life as leverage. The parent might say, I sacrificed my life for you to give you everything you needed so that you could have a better life than I did and make this family proud. This puts the child in the position of being bad, wrong, ungrateful, and even of betraying the parent if the child does not do what the parent wants. 
So financial support is now being used as a tool in a power game to get the child to comply. But the parent will deny that he or she is in a power game with their own child. The parent may even deny that they care about power. Or a child may alter their entire personality so as to please a parent in their life. Why do they do this? Because they know that doing this is going to be the surest way to get any of their needs potentially met by this parent. So did you hear that? Ironically, the giving up of the child's entire identity is a manipulative strategy for how to get their own needs met. This is their quest for power. However, a person in this position, or who was in this position in childhood, is unlikely to see that this was a power move, even though this was, in fact, their winning chess move. Why? Because they feel so victimized for having to employ the strategy in the first place. That they're aware of that vulnerability, instead of aware of the fact that, yes, that's true, and this is the power move you made with it. Another example of a manipulative strategy we may use is that, let's say that we want to feel superior, but we live in a society that believes that superiority is a dysfunctional complex. So manipulatively, we understand that if we're the person who does not care about being superior to others, that in and of itself puts us in a position of moral superiority and therefore more power. Because going for power in covert ways is such a problem in the spiritual community, it may benefit you to watch my video titled Self-Development, The Transcendental Power Trip. When we cannot go for power in direct and conscious ways, when we've made power such a bad thing, we fail to recognize it in ourselves. Now guess what? If you can't recognize the power that you actually have within you, this pulls you in the opposite direction of your life purpose. Your innate power will fall perfectly in alignment with your life purpose. Because you are designed in the first place in the image of your life purpose. So oftentimes, becoming aware of that innate power that exists, even potentially a power that is superior to the other people in your life experience, is a great way for figuring out what your life purpose might be. For example, a person may be great at analyzing, organizing, and creating systems, far better than the other people that they know. This person may discover that her purpose is operations management for the government. Also, here's another problem. If we cannot admit to the power we have or admit to the power we want or go for power in direct ways and the specific kinds of power we want, then we tend to put ourselves in all the wrong situations, in all kinds of incompatible situations to ourselves. For example, I knew a man who really wanted financial power. That was his whole aim. But Yes, he grew up in a society that was like, that is so bad, that is such a wrong value, you cannot go for that. So, he had to keep getting jobs in nonprofit organizations, where he proceeded to cause all kinds of problems, not just for himself, but for everyone else, by demanding bonuses, by arguing for salary increases, <laughs> because that was his manipulative way of trying to go about getting the thing that he was wanting, because it was so wrong to go for it directly. Or, for example, imagine that a person wants the power of fame, but they can't go for that directly for some reason. Can't. Now, let's say that they find somebody who is famous, somebody who is significant, who is cared about, and they decide to manipulatively go about getting that power of fame by going against the person who's already famous and already significant. Because we know this is one of the best strategies for gaining fame, is to just go against someone else famous. But just like the first scenario, 
in this same scenario, the going about getting power in these manipulative and backdoor ways creates destruction. Believe it or not, recognizing your own power and how that power can be used in either positive or negative ways, as well as going for power directly and overtly, actually greatly decreases the chances that we will cause harm to ourselves or others with that power, or by going for that power. The next problem that we have as a result of seeing power as so bad, as the valuing of it so wrong, as the seeking of it so shameful, is that it means we can't admit to the power we do have. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a different variation than the last examples that I gave, because when you don't have awareness of the power you do have, this also leads to you being in a very dangerous position. Not just to yourself, but to other people. I'll give you two examples. Let's imagine a person who has this innate power, and that power is a sixth sense for the vulnerabilities of others. Now that power, if you're very aware of that power, you can use to benefit someone. But if you're really aware of that power, you're aware that it can also really damage someone. So let's imagine you have this innate power, but you're not particularly conscious of that power that you have. You may get into an argument with somebody and emotionally destroy their life because you're going to have a sixth sense for their weak spot and go straight for it. Another example is that a surgeon and an anesthesiologist both have the power to take someone's life. I want you to think about how dangerous it would be for a surgeon or an anesthesiologist to not know that he or she had that power when they have a patient laying in a bed before them, ready to go under for surgery. To not understand the power you do have is dangerous. Something important to know about power is that there are so many different types of power like way too many to list. Anything that can help bring about what you want can be a type of power. But to give you a tiny idea, tiny idea of what I mean, intellect is power, finances is power, artistry is power, knowledge is power, non-reactivity is power, strong emotions is power, physical strength is power, Optimism is power. Skills are power. Natural talent is power. Charisma is power. Language and communication is power. Discipline is power. Social contacts is power. Good looks is power. Caretaking is power. Being spiritually attuned is power. Openness is power. Decisiveness is power. Truth is power. Morality is power. Empathy is power. Flexibility is power. Organization is power. Leadership is power. Fame is power. Storytelling is power. Creativity is power. Your entire physical form is power. Just think what opposable thumbs enabled you to do that other animals can't do. Essentially, like I said, anything that brings about what you want can be used as a tool of power. It can be power. I got an example because I made a highly positive list. There can be things you would not at face value judges power that actually are. For example, I have a friend in my life who was raped as a child. Now she decided that being good looking is what got her raped. So how did she gain her power? By becoming unattractive so no one would ever go after her again. So in this type of scenario, being unattractive is also power. People only tend to care about certain types of power. They have a problem where they only recognize certain types of power as power. People have an issue valuing one type of power over another type of power. They love to say things like, that's not real power. This is real power. <laughs> no, they're both power. 
it's very important if you're in the work of consciousness to recognize and value all forms of power. You care about the type of power that you care about or that you're seeking based off of your own personal experience, your own needs, desires, and yes, even traumas. This is why a person who is very poor often cares more about financial power than they do about meditative power. That's why the super rich often suddenly value the power of eternal life more than financial power. It's why people who perceive themselves to have been harmed by financial power devalue financial power and value the power of kindness. It's why someone who feels they've suffered because of desire does not honor the power of desire, but honors the power of non-attachment. In order to be in alignment about power, you have got to recognize and honor power wherever it exists and not negate it. If you don't see the power that you do have, chances are very high that the society or culture that you grew up in does not actually see your specific power as a power. Maybe potentially they don't even value that power. If you don't see your personal love of power, chances are because you grew up in a society or in a culture that doesn't see the type of power that you love as power. And therefore, your society has probably not condemned that type of power. For example, you might have the power to sense other people's needs. This is a serious power. But because you've lived in a society that sees only things like leadership or wealth as power, you don't even recognize it as power. Or, for example, every person cares about a type of power and argues that this one type is the most important and more powerful than the rest. Such as, if a person cares about wealth but not spiritual power, they will argue that wealth is the most important thing and may argue that spending time meditating is literally a waste of time. On the other hand, a person who cares about spiritual power may meditate every day trying to increase their spiritual power, and they may argue that chasing wealth is a fool's errand. Because of this, people often fail to see the type of power that is the most powerful in a given situation, the most effective. Power is the innate capacity to direct, create, influence, or do something so as to bring about what it is that you are wanting. This makes power rather like a master tool, a bit like a knife. Now you can use a knife to chop up vegetables to better feed someone. You can use a knife to cut those ropes that are binding your ankles or your wrists to set yourself free. You can also use a knife to harm yourself. You can also use a knife to try to force people into compliance, and you can even use a knife to kill someone. Power is something that takes on either a negative or positive expression, depending upon how it is used. This means power is not in and of itself the problem. The problem is how power is used. The problem is why it's used that way, and for what aim. You care about power. All people do, so own it. It is not virtuous to not care about power. In fact, the people who think it is virtuous to not care about power are just seeking a different kind of power. Let's call it a spiritual morality type of power. If you care about becoming conscious, becoming awake and aware, see that you care about power. See that you seek it. See that there are certain types of power that you value. 
while devaluing others. See the power struggles that you're in. See the subconscious and conscious ways that you go about getting that power. And when you go about getting power, go about trying to get it in very conscious and direct ways. Being conscious about how you are going about getting power involves being very conscious about the consequences and the positives of going for power in that way, of the poison and the elixir inherent in that specific power that you have or seek out. And now that I've said that, you know how I'm going to end this video, right? <laughs> Beware that becoming totally aware of how much you care about power and the ways that you go about seeking it and admitting that to yourself and others may just be another part of your power trip. Have a good week.